96.5 Inner FM. This is The Wine Show and Phil Smith hosting. That was Rock and Roll Heaven by the Righteous Brothers, who have managed to name drop more than me, which I take my cap off because that is a fair achievement. Now, on the phone, we have Angie Bradbury. She is a digital marketing specialist, wine industry leader, presenter and guest speaker, founder and managing director of Dig and Fish, and Chair of Wine Victoria. Good morning, Angie. Good morning, Phil. Now, you also just won the 2019 Woman of Inspiration. What is that award? Uh, I did. So the um, Woman of Inspiration Award is part of the Australian Women in Wine Awards, and they were created... Um, this is the fourth year that the awards have been uh, run um, and they were presented in New York uh, as part of the kickoff to Australian Wine Month in the US. And the Woman of Inspiration is the only award that um, sort of doesn't have nominees. Basically, the judging panel and board of the Women in Wine Awards select someone who thinks have made a pretty significant impact on the industry over the past 12 months. Well, congratulations. That's a, it's a great thing. Obviously, it speaks volumes of what you've actually done too. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was amazing. It was terrific to be there amongst, you know, all of our peers and some of the best female winemaking talent in Australia in New York just over, oh, just under a week ago. And what does that award mean to you to win that award? Oh, look, I think, you know, I mean, I've been working um, hard in sort of leadership ends of the wine industry for, you know, quite a long time. And a lot of the times you just go about your day-to-day business and don't think too much of it. But it really gave me the opportunity to turn around and reflect on the outstanding job that I think the industry is doing in recognising women and diversity in general. Um, but it was actually just a really positive affirmation moment for me personally, particularly all of the feedback, um, you know, that I got from the peers across the industry to, you know, acknowledge that the work that you do every day in the industry that you love makes a big difference. That, uh, fantastic. And I actually posted up, I hope you don't mind, on the, the Wine Show Inner FM 96.5 Facebook page, your acceptance speech. Just, uh, you, yeah, great. Thank um, you. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a great speech. You're obviously uh, pretty emotional about it, and it's great. Now, you mentioned a diversity and equality charter in wine. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, I'd love to, actually. So um, just so last year, there was some, uh, a few issues that took place in, you know, across Facebook and social media in the industry, um, you know, where a couple of winemakers had, you know, made some what in any... Um, uh, public domain, I would say, probably be thought of as inappropriate comments in 2019. And um, a couple of other people in the industry sort of held them accountable to it. Anyway, it was a sort of like a 72-hour, you know, typical social media blow-up. But it did um, re- um, encourage a few of us to look really closely at what was going on in the industry and say that, you know, following on from the Me Too movement and things like that, do we actually need to be very explicit in what we believe the right sort of code of conduct is in relation to diversity and equality issues in general? This is not just about gender. Um, and so there was a small group of people of which I was one, um, along with the wine, um, Australian Grape and Wine and Wine Australia, and we set about drafting a charter. 
um, that really set some very simple principles and guidelines in place for what we thought appropriate conduct in relation to diversity and equality was in the industry. Uh, and now that's formally in place. And how well has that been received? Uh, incredibly well, actually. So in the, I must say, in the short term, with all sorts of change, people were like, how are you going, you know, how do you enforce it? You know, it's all great to have a charter and write all these nice things down on paper. But, you know, we made some fairly strong calls for it to be accountable. So, for instance, to be a member of Australian Grape and Wine or to be a member of Wine Victoria, for instance, or be a board member of the board that I chair, you must be a signatory to the charter in the first instance and then you must uphold its values. So, um, and there have already been, you know, some examples of and. Now we've basically got um, signatories at all of those national and state-based bodies yep. where members and individuals have signed up to the Charter and I think there's a running tally on the Australian Grape and Wine website but I think now well over 250 or 300 wine companies have already signed the Charter and more are joining every week. And how do you hold people accountable? Is this a, like the people going to report back to you if something goes wrong or do you audit people? We haven't got an audit mechanism in place um, at the moment and there's a lot of conversation. We're still talking about how to do that. So one of the things that the framework does, the Charter does, that's really important is it gives everybody a way of actually talking about behaviour. So, you know, if somebody's signed up to the Charter and you believe that they're behaving in a way that's inconsistent with it, at least now there's actually something that's more objective than purely subjective that can be used. Do you know, I mean, as a basis to have that conversation with people. Um, and in a vast amount of these areas, the issues that actually go to um, the cases of unconscious bias. So people behaving in a way that they always have without really recognising or understanding that it's offensive. And so one of the things that Australian Grape and Wine will be doing this year is looking at doing unconscious bias training to the industry. So... We really want this to be a very positive thing, so it's not so much about being punitive and about reporting, it's about using it as an opportunity to educate and make people more aware about these issues and how they happen in the workplace. And I guess even just the fact that people have signed this, it makes them read it, hopefully, and then think about, like you say, the unconscious bias and maybe some things they didn't even realise were a problem. Well, that's exactly right. And to give you a bit of an indication about what, you know, we don't have a lot of data and we don't have, there's not, a, you know, there's not a lot of data and reporting on this issue in any industry sector, but particularly uh, in wine. So we know that at university level, um, say winemaking and viticulture, for instance, we've got about a 50-50% gender representation. But we do know that within five years of leaving the workforce, that gender representation in viticulture and winemaking degrees is, in, in winemaking roles is dropping to less than 15%. So why 35% of the women who spent all that money and invested all that time and effort to graduate from winemaking and viticulture, why are they leaving the industry? So we need to be looking at those sorts of things and saying, is it about them not feeling like their contribution is valued? What are all the factors that are affecting that so what we're trying to do this year is start to gather better data so then we can you know start to have more informed conversations that's fascinating i mean not not in a good way but <coughs> who would have thought that many people would drop out after completing such a you know fantastic course yeah right it, it, it's it's amazing isn't it i mean it blew our minds when we started to look at the data and i mean I don't want to leap to conclusions as to say why that is. It'll be a complex, you know, range of factors that are doing 
that's, you know, one of them will be that a lot of times people that live in the city decide fall in love with wine and decide being a winemaker or viticulturist or something like that might be amazing and they study it and then realise that living remotely, <clears throat> pardon me, in regional Australia may not necessarily be, you know, what they wanted. So, you know, it could be a whole, there's a whole bunch of factors that are contributing to it. But it's a really startling statistic and, um, you know, and I, I genuinely believe that issues of unconscious bias or lack of fairness in treatment in the workplace will play a part in that. We are speaking to Angie Bradbury and you are on The Wine Show on Inner FM 96.5. Angie, you are also the director of Dig and Fish. Do you want to tell us about your agency? Yeah, so um, Dig and Fish um, has been around for uh, since 2012 and I had a different agency before that. So we're a marketing, strategic marketing and communications agency and we do obviously a lot of work in the wine industry um, but we also do a lot of work in, you know, automotive and hospitality and travel and tourism uh, and things like that which helps us bring a much more rounded perspective around brands and marketing into our wine clients as well. Um, which they get a lot of value out of. As you know, the wine industry is a little bit criticised sometimes for being a bit too insular. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and wine people like hanging out with wine people and talking about wine stuff. Oh, it's, yeah, it's true, isn't it? And then you meet somebody who doesn't know how to or doesn't drink and you go, what do I do with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Or, you know, how do we how do we bring everyday people who really who like drinking wine and enjoying wine but feel very intimidated by talking about wine, how do we, you know, as an industry, we need to take responsibility for that um, and go, why do people feel so intimidated trying to build up their knowledge in wine? And it's such a defensive mechanism. Everybody says, oh, I don't know much about wine. And I kind of say, well, you just need to know what you like and what you don't like. But there's that leap because... You know, sometimes, you know, the descriptors and the, the terminology we use is a bit weird and not really relatable in an everyday sense. So, Well, I think that's a really great point, Phil, and that's one of the things from the agency's perspective that well, I'm talking to wine companies about all the time, which is to say don't write the really um, esoteric tasting <laughs> notes with technical language on the back of your wine labels. On the back of your wine labels, give some sense of personality, tell a story, invite people to come and visit you. But, you know, it's the best marketing um, landscape or footprint that most wineries have and they fill it with jargon that terrifies the average wine consumer. And, well, and that you do run the risk of uh, having people reading your back label and just laughing mercilessly at you if, you're, uh, if your descriptors are very out there and bizarre. And I know I'm guilty of that sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or the most random food and wine pairing, you know, <laughs> you know, can you know best enjoyed with Tibetan apples and snow fruit or something. And you think, yeah, okay, yep, I'll just go pick some of that up. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll head over to Tibet with a yeah. bottle of wine just to make sure it's all okay. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. And Angie, how did you end up as a, the chair of Wine Victoria? Um, so, as I said, I've been doing a lot of work in the, you know, have been working in the wine industry and um, contributing in a lot of industry roles for you know, almost two decades. And then I was invited to join the Wine Victoria Board about five years ago, I think. Um, and that was, that's a skills-based board, which is incredibly important. And um, the issues around tourism and tourism development and marketing were starting to become much more prevalent in the board and they were looking for someone who had expertise in that area. And so I joined the board as the, you know, 
uh, as I said, skills-based expert in that area. Um, and then about two years ago, um, when the federal government started to invest, you know, did that one off $50 million investment into the industry, we had the opportunity um, to invest several million of dollars further developing our tourism priorities for wine in Victoria. Uh, and that also coincided with um, the current chair, Damien Sheehan, from Mount Langy, who's done an outstanding job and remains on the board. Uh, Damien stepped down from the chair's role and uh, I don't know whether it was a matter of everyone else stepped back and I was left uh, <laughs> stepping, standing forward. Or, um, But trade and tourism are very important. Um, parts of our agenda at the moment and so um, that suited well with my skill set and I took over as chair. That sounds fantastic. Angie, we're almost out of time. If anybody wanted to find out about the Diversity and Equality Charter in Wine, where would they find that? They can, if they can, they can just Google that term, the Diversity and Equality Charter for Wine or they can go onto the Australian Grape and Wine website um, and follow the links to the Diversity and Equality Charter there it's quite easy to find uh, and they can both read the um, they can read the charter there and the um, corresponding action plan and they can also see a list that we keep updated um, in terms of who's actually signed up um, to the charter that's fantastic and i think well worth going to check out now yeah look it really is and i mean a lot of the principles can be applied into any industry um, so, you know, it's certainly something if people are thinking about how they could do it in their own, you know, industries or other areas, they could certainly take it as a lead and we'd be delighted if they did. Angie, I think we have to thank your cockatiel for staying nice and quiet during this whole interview. We haven't heard them. Yes. Yep. <laughs> he, he's been quite good. He wasn't about 15 minutes ago, so we're lucky. Excellent. I must know. It must have known the importance of this occasion. Yes. <laughs> and so we've got to leave it, but once again, congratulations, 2019 Woman of Inspiration for the Women in Wine Awards from Australia. That's a fantastic effort and well-deserved by the sounds of it. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity of being able to um, jump on and talk to you and your listeners about it this morning. Excellent. We'll have to have you back. I'm sure there's plenty more we can talk about. So, Angie, thank you for making time and chatting to us this Love morning. To. No worries at all. Thanks, awesome. Phil. Cheers, mate. Angie Bradbury talking about her award, Woman of Inspiration, also the Diversity and Equality Charter in Wine, which sounds absolutely fantastic and a great idea.